Hi guys, welcome to another Digital Engage podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Jamie. And as the title suggests, we're doing a Starship profile of the original Contribution Class USS Enterprise from Star Trek, the original series, not the other one. Um, if we're honest, we don't quite know how far we're going to go with this particular episode, if it's going to be two parts or one part or what, we don't know if it's going to be... Yeah, because obviously you've got the Constitution, the original one, but you've also got Refit as well. So whether uh, we'll could... be delving that far down the rabbit hole, we're not entirely sure mm, yet. If that bit's going to be another episode in its entirety, because I think that's... The movies and that would take a fair amount of time, because... I think from this one we've already got 12 pages of research. Yeah, plus also Simon's got a few additional books that he's bought with him as well, which do go into about the refit. So, so. Star Trek Ship Spotter, uh, Miss Scott's Guide to the Enterprise, which is the refit. Which I've had the pleasure of reading. And the Heinz Workshop Manual. manual. So, there's mm. kind of like I can actually dig out. So, I yeah. am a total ship geek, so I do have the resources for all of it. <laughs> whereas, me, whereas for me, it's just the basic research of what, what's on memory alpha. Um, but as you say, it's kind of, it's, it's one of those... It's 12 pages, but there yeah. is a large report. It's about half it is about refit. So, it's about six pages for that. But yeah. if so. you're talking about the other books that I've got on, mate, you're probably tossing that up to about... Ooh. Well, if we're talking the original Enterprise, <laughs> twenty-five, maybe thirty pages on top of that. So uh, it's a it's a it's a simple case of we're just going to wing it and see how we go, see how far we feel like going with it, and who knows. So it might be one episode, might be two. I think a good start would be just starting with majority saying that Jamie. Okay. Just saying. Yep. <clears throat> basic yeah. overall. Of just summarise it. Just, yeah. I think quite I think. nicely. So, the USS Enterprise, NCC-1701, was a 23rd century Federation Constitution-class starship operated by Starfleet. In the course of her career, the Enterprise became the most celebrated starship of her time. So, it goes on and talks about, in her 40 years of service and discovery, through upgrades and at least two refits, she took part in numerous first contacts, military engagements and time travels. She achieved her most lasting fame from a five-year mission, 2265-2270, under the command of Captain James T. Kirk. So that's obviously the original series, um, the motion picture, and it also mentions... Is that right? It talks about Voyager Q2? Yeah, I, I, I noticed that, and you might want to notice in my notes what that's referenced to. Echo's presentation. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. Um, the Enterprise was destroyed over the Genesis planet in 2285 when Kirk activated the ship's auto-destruct sequence to prevent the Enterprise from falling into the hands of the Klingons, which is from the... Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, search for Spock. Commander Krug. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just a brief, and I think, you know, quite good summary. That's what we always do, that sort of thing. Same with, like, yeah. species ones. And then it gets into, we can get really technical, because I've got quite a few bits for that you've actually got like uh, specifications and for the ship itself so the Heinz manual is brilliant for this I had a quick flick through before we started because I hadn't had this out for a long old while remind me didn't you because I have read some of Mr Scotty's Guide to the Enterprise but didn't you actually let me borrow or buy me a copy of that the manual uh, mm, I've lost track these days yeah it does look very familiar I know you've definitely shown me the book before and that's quite nice it's got an awfully nice way of talking about it Starship Spotter I've always loved since I love the wireframe models that you get in them so I suspect so dimensions overall length 288.6 meters 
overall beam 127.1 meters overall draft 72.6 meters displacement 190 million tons 190,000 metric tons crew complement 430 people velocity of course the original Cochrane unit do you know what I'm on about Jamie? Hmm? the original Cochrane unit do you know what they are? Uh, no, no, you don't do. Hence, will I go? Uh, no. Is the in original Nightmare. series warp scale? Because it was because in... it then got adjusted in next gen onwards. Wasn't it? Wasn't it different in Enterprise as well? Or that my... would probably be presumably original Cochrane unit. Yeah, I was going to say yeah because I remember I remember Trip mentioning something. I think it might have been the pilot episode something about that briefly. Because obviously, warp eight in original series would be slightly different than what it is at Warp 9 in next gen era hmm. because of the technology Warp 9 is sort of will probably be around Warp, warp 5 or 6 in hmm. next gen era it's just it's a slight obviously because obviously technology is upgraded yeah. and improved isn't it yeah so cruising speed is Warp Factor 6 maximum Warp Factor 8 but again that's original Cochrane units um Warp scale set prior to thir- uh, 2312, after which time Starfleet adopted the modified Cochrane unit, unit warp scale. Um, oh, that's that's too. Like, oh, I could do. What's that, Dominic? It's very difficult. Do you want me to read it? It's not difficult reading it, it's whether anyone's that bothered. Yeah, I, you could try. Acceleration <laughs> rest onset critical momentum 17. 1.4 seconds onset critical momentum warp engage 2.01 seconds warp 1 to warp 4 1.02 seconds warp 4 to warp 6 0.56 seconds warp 6 to 8 2.21 seconds that's say very so, very technical so and put it in more basic terms it's how fast it takes for get a certain warp to a different warp maybe yeah Standard <laughs> uh, mission five years recommended yard yard overall eighteen years propulsion system two PB thirty two mod three circumferential warp drive units four SVE subatomic unified energy impulse units. Oh my god, this is really do, technical. Do you want me to have a look and help you a bit, a bit, reading it a bit, or have fun? Uh, where did you get up to? Weapon systems. Have fun, Jamie. I'm not sure how I'm meant to read that. How am I meant to read two of two of four hundred forty-seven slash fifty-four retractable single mount phaser retractable single mount phaser emplacements, one bank, two each. Two. Mark two. Mark two. (laughs) Moderate. See, I'm struggling with this. 12 mod, two indirect fire photon torpedo tubes, primary computer system, Daystrom Duotronic processor, primary navigational system is Starmark Warp Celestial Guidance, deflector systems R776A3 subsurface hold deflector grid system, embarked craft 5 to 7 shuttlecraft, various classes. And I've got no idea what the heck I just Most said. Most of those are class 7, so they're kind of Galo yeah. type ships. <laughs> I, I did say yeah. sure you wanted to do yeah. it and... I boast the challenge I tried which is the main thing although I can definitely see now why I kind of when you were trying to get me into 
more ships a little bit you actually help start me off with Mr Scott's guides in the Enterprise because that's a lot lighter in terms of don't get started on next gen uh, it's very light on techno babble on the next gen tech manual oh Oh, god you showed me that didn't you I remember the DS9 one but the next gen one I love that you get people just going yeah I I read that one okay how (laughs) tell me how if you Um, did we bow down to your <laughs> your wisdom of reading it. And it's just, where do we get our reference from? Because we've got Memory Alpha, but this book's quite good. And I mean, the manual, that's quite good. It goes on a bit. Um, I love the cr- um, cross section of this book as well. And then the list of constitution classes. Have I ever told you? You know, the York Town? Yeah. Did you know that that was the ship that became Enterprise A? Really? Hmm. I don't think I don't think you ever did tell me that. that Yorktown was renamed as the USS NCC 1701A for an instruction of the original ah. one because obviously Jim Rossborough was going to call it SS Ro- uh, Yorktown mm. okay I didn't actually know that well I think I told you a few years ago but I think you've obviously forgotten yeah <laughs> most likely um, well, there we go um, so if you look, if you read that bit, Jamie, it was telling you about warp scales, the way that they then got downsized when technology improved. Okay. Um. So the USS Enterprise was launched in twenty two forty five. That's by Captain Robert April. I think he um he was the first captain of it, wasn't he? Um. A series of refits ensured that she remained one of the most advanced ships in Starfleet throughout her years of service. She was fitted with the matter antimatter warp engines that gave her a regular cruising speed of warp six and could maintain speeds of warp 8 and above for limited periods of time. The ship's structure was strong enough to survive speeds in excess of warp 10 on the old warp scale, or around warp 8 on the redrawn scale in use in the 24th century. The warp engines were the ship's primary power supplies, with the impulse engines offering a backup, but if they failed, the ship could survive on battery power for approximately a week. Yeah, because wasn't that brought up in, um, oh, when uh, tomorrow's yesterday? Or something they could say so they could survive a battery power for a certain amount of time. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> a sublight speed, the Enterprise used conventional impulse engines. The main engines relied on dilithium crystals to focus the warp reaction, and since at this point in history they could not be grown or recrystallized, the ship was heavily dependent on them. So, so to the point that they used in necklace in season three. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean Simon has shown me this this book before a while back, but it's a it's a pretty good bit I mean it's a nice layout it said it explains things clearly it's not in terms of techno babble being very technical it's not too bad I don't think no that's quite a friendly one um so that's is there anything else you want to say about the overview of the ship or do you want to no if you want to get into stuff that you're more comfortable with <laughs> I don't know what you're up to <laughs> well I was thinking so, this is all a bit foreign to you so it's fine it's, you know, we've all got our strengths and weaknesses. It's still interesting, though, even if I don't quite understand everything that we're talking about here. Um, Starship Spotter might also be helpful to read through because it's also got. It's not that much more than what I've said, but it will cover an awful lot of angles for us. Intended to be Starfleet's pred- predominant vessel for exploration, research, and defence, Constitution class starships, which there were 12 of, mm-hmm. were the largest and most ambitious design of Starfleet in the day. Engineering lessons learnt in these lines, uh, yeah, in the designs of earlier starships were refined and incorporated into a breed of starship capable supporting a wide range of missions. Con- Constitution class ships could have 
can we just call it Connie throughout this episode as well just to save time because that is one of his nicknames because yeah. we're going to keep saying constitution class ships call it Connie so if yeah. we just call it Connie which is what its nickname is save a bit of time <laughs> could efficiently rise to challenge such diverse assignments as long range exploration scientific surveys plans through defence deep space uh, patrol expeditionary support Captain April once commented a constitution class ship could do anything okay, okay. <laughs> at the time it was commissioned in the mid 23rd century the Connie was the largest and most elaborate vessel of its type ever constructed 14 science labs have made it the most extensive mobile research platform ever sent in space by the Federation uh, Jamie um, modularity uh, by the uh, the modularity of the so. Connie class design proved highly effective that's all the word I was worried about oh, Okay. provided highly eff- effective so much so that the only incremental changes in overall confederation made over the following 25 years it was not until that grade in 2273 that large scale redesign of Connie occurred which means it was updated to the refit yeah. that didn't last long but yeah <laughs> Matter ships they went through. Um, I could go into background, but I'm not going back to later, just yeah, so fine. that you can talk a bit more about something that you're a bit more comfortable with. Um, well, do you want to start <laughs> off with talking about? I mean, I said I, I know we're going to be kind of going back and forth between memory alpha and, and the books that you bought. Um, should we start off with the early? I know I'm bad with all these books. So no, yes, I dig this illustration. It's great. So it, it gives it more depth. I've got no problems with that. It's fine. Do you love the fact that it had a bowling alley? Hmm? The Connie had a bowling alley. Really? Yeah. What? Where? What? What in the in, in the rec room or something? Yeah, the bowling alley. Yeah. I never knew that. <laughs> Do you never? I'll take it because you, you never. Not that I recall. You never actually see it. You never see it, but it's kind of one of those trivial things that every like, really tree geeky ship geek knows. Yeah, yeah, the bowling alley. You know, just because because. That is so cool. Yeah. Let's go on. Let's go on there. Let's play some. It's bowl. a bit like bowl. The, Let's do some bowling. You know, kind of general knowledge that Enterprise D had um, aquatic officers, so they had a bit where it's like dolphins working in like water quarters and water sciences and stuff. Portion of Enterprise well, makes sense. D. So it's the same sort of thing where it's like <laughs> this is so weird, but so Star Trek. And again, it's kind of it's that whole idea. I mean, particularly with the bowling alley, it's kind of again making related to what we've got now. So yes, it's in the future. Things are different because you can buy the blueprints, and I think they're in the blueprints, but I haven't looked into them properly to find hmm. out where the frick they are. But I think they do exist. It's one of those odd bits that you just go, "No, you're kidding me." That's random. Yeah, it's just true. It's random, alley. odd, but interesting bits of trivia that you can pick up. Yeah. So, um, do we want to start with the, the lineage, the early history? Yeah, you go. You yeah. knock yourself out, Jamie. Well, if I knock myself out, then it'd only be you talking for the episode. <laughs> that wouldn't be difficult. Would <laughs> oh, ha, ha. No, I mean, like, it's like, <laughs> I who's the one person you want talking about this? <laughs> um, it, true. Um, so, yeah, early history. So, obviously, you said in the early to mid-21st century, was it 12, 12 ships? Heavy cruiser type starships. Um, it was um, the Enterprise. Who you might have heard of Constellation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, may have heard of from yep. a certain episode. One that I might like a fair amount. The Doomsday Machine. Um, 
And then there's also Confirmation The Defiant, you might have heard of that one. That mm-hmm. Might have occurred. Uh, the Folium Web, season three, episode nine, I think that one is. And a few more other odd episodes. Yeah. In the movie Darkly. <laughs> and a few more. I'm sure there's probably a few more of those, only one, two I can think of. Discovery! Oh, of course. When? In Discovery, what episode? Well, it came up as a wireframe, but God knows ah. what episode. <laughs> you don't see it per se, but it's in the Maroon universe still. Hmm. With a nice refit shoved onto it. Go on, Jamie, sorry. I've no, you're fine, no, you're fine. So the Enterprise Zone was constructed in San Francisco, California. Um, it was registered uh, NCC 1701 in a long line That's of ships. That's the um, construction contract yep. of it. That's what the number attains to. Yeah. So that's Chris and the Enterprise and a long, uh, long line of ships of the same name. And do you know what USS USS stands for? Uh, is it United Service something? No. What is it? What What, what would you call it? I. Uh... You're almost there. It's United Spaceship. Oh, okay. United Spaceship, that's mm. what it is. Oh, okay. I was almost United, United Starship. Starship. Just say, not, not ah. Spaceship, Starship. So what was NCC then? NCC was... That's a naval contract. Naval contract, yeah. Okay. This is the sort of stuff you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the Enterprise was launched from San Francisco Fleet Yards, obviously under the command of Captain Robert April, who oversaw construction of her components as well as her initial trial runs. His wife Sarah served as the ship's first chief medical officer. I took a bit of... I didn't quite take that as law, as it's a bit iffy. Ah. I read it, it's a little bit iffy, that bit, so I kind of yeah, okay. passed over um, that a little bit. You can see, you kind of already said it, but... Yeah, it's... and designed several tools for the ship's sick bay, but bearing in mind that a bit about his wife is from the uh, TAS episode the counterclocks um, yeah Enterprise so, and all that sort of stuff so, so it's a bit iffy take that with a pinch of salt and I took a bit of an offence to something else they say later on I'll put that to one side I'm jumping a bit but no you're fine I you're took fine. a bit of offence to was I mean if it's like this a bit it's not quite as not... you know they get onto time travel there's a phrase that I hated in this can you find uh, it? There's a bit I absolutely couldn't stand and sat there and went, nah, that makes no sense at all. Oh dear memory, Alpha, what have you done? It's on the discoveries. Oh, that's probably why, because I've gone completely past it. Okay. Um, it gets on the reality of time travel. Yep, the reality of time travel. And there's a bit that I can't stand. Do you want me to just read it out? And read then, it out. And yeah. it's, read that first sentence and I'll tell you it's, it's our last bit that I can't observing stand. the death throes of PSI 2000 the crew suffered from oh no it's not that one it's not that oh. one I've sensed before it oh it's read this oh. first the reality of time travel ex- externally influenced has been known for over a century but following two accidental temporal displacements the Enterprise became the Federation's first deliberately controlled time ship because that's not quite true is it Whenever it went in time, most of it by a bloody accident. So you can hardly say it's deliberately, <laughs> can you? You know, like yeah, um, tomorrow's yesterday. That happened. Compl- that, that was deliberate, wasn't it? No. No, it was a complete accident. Size two thousand. Sure, I kind of get that, but even that was a mistake. So you can hardly say it was the first deliberately controlled. <laughs> so I went in there and just kind. Of, yeah, I'm not having that. So I quickly <laughs> went in there and went. 
time traveling starship is more so memory Sorry about that, but no no memory alpha you're a great resource and you get things right most of the time but you, I just took a bit of you made a bit of a boo boo there I just took a bit of um, an exception to that no fair enough Sorry, um, I said, oh and the discovery episode will you take my hand that's the one where the enterprise appears which is when the, the enterprise appears I don't quite know when the bloody boom defiant appeared but while well, they're in the mirror universe yeah so the enterprise appeared that was the finale wasn't it yeah, season one for now. my hand, yeah, that, that one. Sorry, Jamie, I really distracted you there. No, no, you're fine, Sai. Absolutely fine. Um, so, let's see. Oh, uh, yeah, so um, back to the early history. So, um, Larry Marvick was stated to be one of the designers of the Enterprise, and that's from the episode Is There in Truth No Beauty? And Dr. Richard Daystrom designed her computer systems, which was the ultimate computer. Captain, Captain Christopher Pike commanded the Enterprise from the early 2250s into the 2260s. Wasn't it? Wasn't it about 13 years he commanded? If I recall. Um, this one's got more detail in it. So yeah. Bear with me. It's all right. Um, his missions include voyages to the Rigel, Vega and Talos systems. And obviously you had Spock, um, half Vulcan, who, who, science officer who served under him for over 11 years. Ultimately becoming the Starship's longest serving officer. Which is from uh, TOS uh, Menagerie Part 1. Uh, for over a decade what it says in here yeah so probably because I, I still remember it had been about 13 years but it might have been in one of the episodes it was mentioned um oh, one, one thing I find interesting is as Dave and, uh, I said they've even chucked in a bit of discovery as well they? yeah again we've got a huge pinch of, pinch of salt with that because by the time we record this we've only seen season one so we have no idea why the frick the Enterprise is there so we can't really say much about it no. it happened the Enterprise, I yeah. I wasn't keen on the design at first, but it's grown on me. Yeah, I mean, it, all it literally it. mentions is there's a reference to the Enterprise in the series, and it also talks about the, the Enterprise rendezvous with Discovery, but it's nothing. It's just retcon history as usual, yeah. where yeah. they're kind of... It's, again, it's modern design. They've got to update it for mm. modern tastes. Because it would stick mm. a lack of thumb if mm. they went in there with the 1966 Connie. Thing is, I mean, just... It's still on topic, but I mean, if you think about, obviously, it was a five-year mission. So does that specifically mean that they had to surf on there for five years? Or no, was this it... ship was flying around space for, for five, five years. years but you could, over. but you could, but anyone could transfer or leave at any kind of point, I suppose. Obviously, the crew could be on there five years, but there are chances you could get transferred off of it, or you know, you take a lift onto it. It's, yeah, it's an ongoing thing. It's the same with. I say it's like Enterprise D that was out there for about 25 years it's the mm. same sort of thing if you're there for 25 years great but if you're not mm. you've been there you've served on it and you've still got that so do you think it was for the ship was five years specifically because they thought that's how long it would last or because um, it's just a question that popped to mind why specifically five years why not three years or ten years figure I don't really know I'm not sure I mean yeah it doesn't have to be an answer to it it's just something I'm really curious about I mean is it a case of maybe after a certain still experimental it was still unknown it was a kind of very big thing to go for if you consider what it was like in the Kelvin timeline kind of hey this is a cool new thing let's so, be the new kids out there it's going to do a bit exploring so let's so let's put because this, this put the foundations in for Starfleet that's because it was after the five year mission that if you read on a bit, you find that um, the the whole in, in, insignia was after its long voyage. Is yeah. why it, it 
Why it became the main insignia, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think I think as well as you know, and particularly if you've got an experimental ship that's still relatively new, you're not quite sure of the problems it's going to face in terms of the design or the structure or any you know, and you know, you've got to think. Yes, the ship is purely a, um, a ship of exploration, but they're going to come up against. They're going to having. Uh, they're going to have engagements in terms of like, like battles and conflicts. And the ship's going to get damaged. So yes, whilst they, they they can repair the ship themselves, it comes to a point where the ship needs to be taken back to a star base or needs to be taken into back to Earth to have an overhaul or whatever it is. So I think that's probably how you can probably explain that. I suppose, isn't it? As you said, because yes, it's not an X registry, which is experimental, but but it was still there was twelve of the damn things flying out there, and yeah, and got... Enterprise was back the only one that returned. Hmm. Which is a big thing when you five year mission each. Hence, probably why it's, it became known as it did. Why it became the flagship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just a question that came to my mind. I was just just generally curious. So, um, yeah. So obviously, so yeah, it was a five year mission, and obviously it was to seek out and contact alien life. Um, beyond its primary mission, the Enterprise defended Federation territories from aggression, aided member worlds in crisis, and provided scientific expeditions and colonies in a patrol area with annual examinations and support so this comes from episodes like Balance of Terror The Man Trap The Cloud Minders Journey to Babel The Galo 7 and The Deadly Years so hmm. but um, yeah but what I also found quite interesting was this bit on discoveries which is the next section afterwards and the amount of just the, the fact the, the, the kind of figures they got and the facts of kind of how many worlds they visited and how many kind of I mean, like how many people, like, times they made first contact. So it says here, from 2265 to 2270, the Enterprise visited over 70 different worlds and encountered representatives of over 60 different species. More than 20 of those were first contacts with beings previously unknown to the Federation, including stellar neighbours like the First Federation in Gorn, voyages from the Kelvin Empire in distant Andromeda, and powerful non-corporeal entities like the Phasons, Trillane, and the or- Organians. They were the whole reason you got the tra- a peace treaty. Mm-hmm. Two discovered species were the first known examples of silicon-based life forms: the Horta and the Excalibans. So that's from the Corbinite Maneuver. All these Corbinite Maneuver arena by any other name: the Devil in the Dark and the Savage Curtain. Okay. What's the plot? Savage Curtain. <laughs> Season three. Yeah. Let's say about that episode. The better I think. <laughs> Um, and, it, and it also says that the Enterprise was the first Federation vessel to survive an encounter with the Galactic Barrier. Um, so, yeah. It did that quite often, actually, if you think about it. It did that about three times. Yeah. No real problems. Uh, it did that in... When no man has gone before. Yeah. It did that in the Kelvin episode uh, by by another name. By any other name, yet. Yeah. Although. And it, it did it in five as well. Why you're also at it. Uh, yeah. You can't forget Cybok. No. Unfortunately. And number three. Hmm. Yep. That's a. <laughs> that's a. That's a. I tried to. Like, like the Savage Kern, so I also tried to block from my memory Star Trek V. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, they said, I mean, in five years, what, 70 different worlds? I mean, that's, that's, that's really quite impressive. And you've got to think, that's also in between dealing, battling countless enemies like the Klingons, like the Romulans. They did all that in five years. I mean, I don't know about you, sir, but that's pretty blibbing impressive. 
amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's just. It just. I mean, you know. It's. I said. It's. Just. Just reading that, and that's just a part of it that really stood out to me. Because yeah, because I mean, we've both watched the original series what for a couple of times at least, and it's just. It's not until you kind of. It's all put together and kind of what actually what how much they've accomplished, and it's just. And that's like wow, my god! I just didn't realise it. So yeah, so obviously we've said we've talked about discoveries, and you'll find a bit about the time travel. <laughs> I just read that. And went. Hmm, how do I deal with this by kind of putting hmm. in my protest and making a bit of a thing about it? And so that's how I did it. Well, you've even got situations where the Enterprise obviously had to deal with like entities and mechanisms that threaten, like literally, whole of Federation space or the galaxy. So obviously, you know, um, um, the Doomsday Machine, uh, and also um, the well. As, uh, what do you call them pancakes <laughs> um, was it was it that one or Operation Annihilate they were going to well they never really got beyond their own planet but that was a threat of that and also the um, the single cell organism from an immunity syndrome so yeah as I said, the, the Enterprise well I think probably every ship has really had to contend with a lot but you know I said for a ship that was relatively new at the time was the only starship that actually came back you know after five years I mean yeah we, we don't know exactly how much all these other starships went for these other constellation starships went through so but you know probably the Enterprise probably went through more than most it's it's, it's, I said, it's pretty amazing um so were you forgetting it is quite an old ship because I'd say it, it was already going since what when was that when was um, 2245 is that Pike era so that was quite a long time that's already so like that's 20 what, odd years what, 25 years yeah and then already before that it's already had a um, it already had a refit between 2254 and 2265 hmm. and that you can change in the cage and one of the first pilots with um Captain Kirk. Yeah. So whether that's where we know man has gone before or or the man uh, the man trap. Um and then you got another one in twenty two sixties. Um and then obviously got one in twenty two seventy. So obviously before they before it got destroyed in twenty two eighty five it did go through a few refits, didn't it? So <clears throat> But I always thought that was quite interesting. The fact that I said, particularly between Pike's era and Kirk's, it's kind of because you know originally the ship was kind of, I mean, mainly mainly the interior, but like it was I said very grey, militaristic in colour, wasn't it? And as you say, it then became. But that's the thing. You think of something like that, and it did seem like a military vessel, which is, you know, what they changed it to fit more of what Roddenberry wanted. I think it was more, as you say, more lighter and brighter in colour I said it's a ship of peace it's a ship of exploration not kind of um, as you say it's not, a, it's not a war vessel or a military ship or anything so um, there's, there's so much more we can talk about we can talk about the battles the Klingon Romulan engagements um, the, the casualties that the ship had refits I mean is anywhere else you, any particular direction you want to go in what were you thinking Jerry um <laughs> uh, I didn't really have a particular direction. I mean, this is what I mean. We said as a case, we're seeing where we go with it. Um, do you want to talk a bit about the battles? I suppose maybe a bit more detail about that. There's not really much in there, if I'm honest. 
Uh, there isn't really, is there? So no, the Enterprise said they, they had frequent battles with Klingon and Romulans throughout the well, say throughout the five years, but um, throughout the three seasons that we got. Um, trying to think what else. Should we go on to talk about the refit, maybe? Maybe the refits. Uh, I'm going to read the background. The second quarter go, of the 23rd century marked a crucial shift in Southfleet's approach to st- uh, vessel design, engineering, and construction. Major fleet-wide modernization programs proceeded in to incorporate the use of standardized components such as primary hulls and one more driving the sails. The Connie, commissioned in 2245, quickly emerged as a quintessential archetype of this program. As originally proposed, the Connie would have been a considerably small vessel, but as the Starfleet Corps of Engineers began to build on the lessons learned from the Starship study, studies commissioned in the 2230s, design for the Connie was enlarged. Ultimately, these enhancements led to such features as increased science and research capability, a larger hangar bay, bursting to the forefront of the wave of exploration in the latter half of the 23rd century. These Starfleet expanded the area of explored space by thousands of cubic parsecs. Of those original 14, so I was slightly off, only two had been lost by 2270, demonstrating overall superiority. Thank you, design. This class Starship was most commonly remembered for the initial five year mission of Captain James Kirk and the crew, and the Kirk's command enterprise made its first contact with Ganyans, the Gaunt, the Metrons. It's Scalabon. Oh God, you're getting some names that I can't say. Um, Escalabons, uh, me- uh, milk, milk tins, Kelvins, Phasians, and the First Federation. Thank you. The crew survived multiple skirmishes with the Klingons, Romulans, and even Tholians. Then Surprise also also tested Starfleet's first which multitronic computer system M5, which didn't go well. <laughs> no. What's that? M5. <laughs> That, that kind of didn't go well, did it? Well, I mean, no, and the fact that Daystrom, well, he, he went a bit crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, I mean... We can talk about Lowe's if you want, Jamie. It's just very kind of... It's kind of... It's not... There's not I really... just found it a bit filler. Yeah. Of, you read it and you kind of go... Eh. <laughs> it's fun. The well, only real noteworthy one is um, Balance of Terror, if I'm honest, but... Hmm. I think that's really maybe I, I don't know because that'd be quite fun to look through. Uh, okay, let's have a look through. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at casualties then. Um, so, service aboard the Enterprise two to be proved to be hazardous duty. Between twenty two sixty five and twenty two sixty nine, individuals who were killed while assigned to the ship include at least fifty eight officers and crews. That's thirteen point five percent of the standard complement of four hundred and thirty. And that's just nine being killed when they encountered Galactic Barrow and where, uh, where no man has gone before. So. And you're chucking Gary Mitchell, Lee Kelso, and Elizabeth uh, Dana, who later died in Delta Vega, so that's what. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's all in one episode. So that's Gallo what. Gallo 7, you got Apple, Nomad, mm-hmm. uh, Obsession, Requiem for Methuselah, um, and The Children Shall Lead. Mega Glory, Turnabout Intruder, um, by any other name. And th- there is Commander Sonic, but you know, that was motion picture, so it does count, but it's later on in its history. Yeah. Who was Bo- Mrs. Box Replacement? 
So with the constitution, I mean, do you, I mean, again, uh, this might not be saying I could be answered, but how long did the actual constitution class starships actually last? It like when did they kind of get decommissioned? Was it like the early twenty fourth century, like the early twenty three hundreds? Um, that's a difficult one. They started becoming um, old hat once the Excelsior came in. Hmm. That's when I think Starfleet. That's when you start getting more ship classes coming in. I may be a bit wrong with that, but there's so that would have been so actually it would have been the late twenty third century. Because if you bear in mind, by the time you get to Star Trek three, hmm. you start hearing kind of you know that oh, what was the captain. Stoker, I think he's the name. Yeah, a bit arrogant, kind of. Oh, we're going to break break through the Enterprise records now, mm. which is kind of as they're slowly working towards a modified Cochrane unit system, as ships are getting bigger, and more powerful, and then they kind of got the old Connie that's kind of been workhorse for so many years. And then and then everything's being replaced by the Excelsior class. Mm. You remember how many Con- uh, Excelsior classes you see during next gen? Mm. It becomes pretty much the workhorse. Yeah. So basically, taking over the use that as you say, as you say, by then the connies, the connies are kind of by next gen. They they were just a relic, a part of history, weren't they? Really. Well, how many have been left? Once Mm. you get rid of Enterprise, Enterprise A, how many of you are left? Um, None. There's (laughs) like one in the Fleet Museum, and that's about it. And that's just a history piece. That's just mm. kind of gathering dust. So they had their time. They were what you need, what stuff you need at the time. Kind of like when they said the the NXs as well, didn't you? Back in well, that's a bit. That's a retcon. So <laughs> kind of, well, true. Okay, again, because that's what it says in here, isn't it? Kind of you know, um, if ships of its time, and you kind of go. Yeah, okay. But well, see, that's the, I mean, that's where you get into the problem. That's prior the, to when you get Enterprise, but yeah, it's, that's, it's that's, still that's the problem. You, that's in. the problem you get when you do a prequel after everything else. <laughs> but there you go. Um, yeah, so obviously, you know, yeah, a lot of casualties, and particularly red shirts. Um, but yeah, I think really on any starship, it's always going to be a hazardous. It's always going to be hazardous duty, no matter what starship. You, I mean, unless you're like in the like nowhere in like if you're like somewhere like deep in space where you know there's not like any. Well, then again, it doesn't always come from battles, does it? It comes from diseases and all sorts of things. So I think really, any any starship you you kind of you're assigned to, it's, there's always there's always a danger of something bad happening. There's a few little odd um, nitpits that I found that were quite interesting. Go for it. Multiple production sources, including on-screen and uh, including unseen display screen, intended for use in In the Mirror Darkly Part Two. Encyclopedia and the making of Star Trek gives the Enterprise launch date as 2245. Since this date dovetails nicely with Gene Brottery's apparent beliefs as well as the conjectural dates of Robert April's Cape Captaincy and Larry Maravik's design timeline, fans generally accept it despite the absence of concrete canonical evidence for it. According to making the Starfleet of Star Trek, Enterprise built on Earth but assembled in space. According to a computer display that was created for production staff of Enterprise but never used on screen, this surprise Jonathan Archer was present at the launch and died the next day. Yeah, yeah, that's um, again, that's from um, uh, um, the first 150 years before the Federation because he did everything. Yeah, because Archer did, Archer came up with the Prime Directive, 
<laughs> say what you like, Psych. <laughs> say what you like. If it wasn't for Archie, you wouldn't have the blonde directive. And I know. But yeah, so Archie, yeah, was was present at. Um, Metcon. Yeah, again, Metcon. And I think Rob April actually said Archie was one of his inspirations for the project of the Enterprise. Rubbish. Well, why? Why is it rubbish? Because he wasn't invented before what, 2001. No, no, I know. There you so, go. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Retcon, I know, I know, Retcon. Despite 2270 being given as the year Kirk's five year mission was in, in command of the Enterprise came to an end. Uh, that's from Q2. Many production sources, including probably for the season one box set, continue to use the Star Trek chrono- chronologically's date of 2264 as a starting point of the mission. It is possible, however, that the mission ran from 2264 through to 69, and the Enterprise did not return until 2270. Again, it's always going to be a few months or whatever, isn't it? Or a few star dates either way isn't there really oh you find that people get very finickety about those dates Jeremy <laughs> not something that would ever bother me but fair enough <laughs> that's funny according to a line in dialogue from the final draft of Mods and Women the Enterprise was located two years five months two days 22 days away and seven hours from a star base at impulse speeds in that episode did you see my note <laughs> impulse is <laughs> Impulse is slow. <laughs> so where were you reading this then? What section were you reading that from? Reading what? Well, the, what you just read. <laughs> Kurt's five-year mission near the top. Oh, okay. I probably can't find it. No. I think I've done everything about the original series. I can't... That's really what gone to refit, but that's another kitten caboodle that goes on for another six old pages. So I don't know what you want to do. Do you want to do it or not? What are you thinking? We could do it as we could do it now, or we could leave it as a second part. Completely up to you, Jamie. It's this up to me. There's an awful lot of stuff to cover. Well, do you want, do you want to leave that for part two then? If it's Enterprise refit, we'll do a part two on that maybe, maybe next year or something. Okay, that's what we mean, guys. We weren't sure, so I said we're just we're just kind of winging it. Yeah, we could do it as a part two. I think it'll be quite nice. And it's just it's another episode. There's thing. an awful lot of stuff I haven't looked at for that one. I just concentrate on the on original. So yeah, we could do it next year. Plus, it's another episode for next year. So can't complain. Yeah, not that we're planning that or anything. <laughs> no, we would never do that at this point in the year. <laughs> no, we would never think of doing that. Well, at this point, at this point, I'm 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 just focusing on the rest of the year first. There's plenty we can do for another episode. episode yeah. Episode, yeah. I so I think I think I think you know I think we've covered pretty much everything for that from the original that we that we can think of. I'm sure there's probably more information that you can find out, but as you say, we're not, you know, we're not gonna go do everything. Otherwise, we'd you know we'd, we'd be here forever. <laughs> you always quite like the class seven, didn't you? Mm. Quite like Galo seven. Oh yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, that's uh, I think. Is there anything else you want to quickly mention? Oh, I'm sure there's loads of stuff we can probably cover. <laughs> oh, there you are, there's Galo 7. Oh, is that, is that there, is it? Class F, Crew Complement 7, which is probably one of the biggest ones about Ion Engine, which is interesting. It's got a really interesting design to it, I always thought. Deflected shields and no weaponry. But yeah, I think the original Enterprise said and also had the Jeffries choose, which was just named after Matt Jeffries. I love the fact that 
That's something yeah. else we didn't mention. Transporter pad became the top of the next gen one. Well, I say next gen, but next gen and Voyagers. Mm. So it became the top, didn't it? The floor became the top of the transporter pad for that. Mm. Yeah, I think you knew that, didn't you? Maybe. <laughs> Again, might have been so good, I've gone. Do you want to? You show me, show me a picture. Yeah, go on, get, get your <laughs> book out. Oh, I don't want NX. I don't want that. What's wrong with the NX? Prefix better. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So we, we've got all this, all this information on memory alpha. We'll put the links to the books in the show notes. I'm sure. So. I gave you two already it's just I found another one went, no Ooh. it's fine it's said bring you know the floor tiles remember the floor oh and yeah I can see it yeah yeah the transporter of the D mm. might even have been on the A was it on the A as well might have been you know what they like with that sort of thing it's like with cut corners use what we have before they would never do that no <laughs> I'll get ready for more games of what's this uh, um, oh an ass season review uh, yeah well ass season get used to that again yeah. I'm sure that's going to happen well, we're currently we're currently in the process of watching season 4 I've actually got a little bit ahead oh you know what we need to know. talk about we need to talk about um, um, our haters oh yeah so yeah. So I'll take it we're now officially done with the actual episode like the topic itself Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, we've got a bit of... That's a bit of podcast news, I guess. Um, obviously, we're doing our season review next month, and we are going to be doing it in, in one day, but we're going to split into two parts. So, 13... But they don't care. They just yeah. hear the two bits. They're, they're, yeah. they're getting what they want. <laughs> um, You're welcome. Yeah. They're going to give us a bit more work, but hey, never mind. You're welcome. We aim to please. Um, yeah, so, obviously, our hiatus is going to be... Again, we're not really 100% kind of decided it's what we know yeah well obviously because in um, next month we're going to the sci-fi palooza which is won by wayne and jude from trekmate um we're going to be going there was it put the notes in the show notes yeah okay anyway we're going to be going to another convention and we are and because it, it's late july we, we do obviously want to cover the event and you know our thoughts on it and all that sort of stuff which we're going to do um literally straight after pretty much I think and then release that as an episode in early August so normally we'd have a month off wouldn't we where we don't do any episodes but we thought as we're covering a convention we kind of you know, we can't really leave that till September because it'll be old news by then so what we've decided is we're going to do one episode in August and then possibly do just one in September so the hiatus will be like three two weeks Cut of all back a week yeah. We, yeah. Maybe two weeks. We yeah. don't know. We yeah. don't know. We just... Yeah. So that our current thoughts are we will have we'll just do one episode in September. It's again, we're still working out, but yeah. what we're saying is haters may be pushed back a week or two, so episodes yeah. may be pushed back a little bit, so we still get four weeks off, although we don't get four weeks off, but we do get four weeks off. But well, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm doing. I'm doing the second part of the year, so that'll be that'll be me again possibly just two weeks and Simon getting four weeks but it's only fair because Simon's done that for the last few years where he's only had two weeks off so um, but we've not fully decided exactly what we're but doing at the yet. end of the day you're getting one more episode out of it so hey yeah. I wouldn't yeah. worry yeah. So, I'm still yeah. trying to get more work for us by doing, the, by doing two episodes in September but who knows we'll, we'll see yeah 
<laughs> so yeah, that's just a bit of news that we wanted to share with you. In case you're thinking, oh, we've got another episode in August. It's like there's none in September. What's going on? So if that does pan out to be that way. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to kind of let you guys know that, that was because what, we weren't going to mention this in the um, season review mm, because it's just like even longer. <laughs> yeah, so best to mention it now. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's anything else we need to. Um, no, I'm looking forward to doing a second part to it. Mm. I'm wondering whether we just called it refit or something. That's what I was thinking. Maybe. Yeah, enterprise refit or something like that. So um, yeah. Um, so as usual guys um, if you want to uh, find us you can on Facebook and Twitter you at a, always end it with that you, I don't have to if you don't want me to in every single episode oh well I'll leave it this time then that's fine well we hope you enjoy listening guys <laughs> we'll leave it there I think um, so yeah I enjoyed that hmm? I know I'm glad it wasn't too technical for you that was fine I, I managed to follow it so I think I think we both did a good job said we've got a good amount of research certainly enough for a second episode so, um, shit books yeah so uh, shit. Yeah. so yeah um, we'll be back um, soon guys we'll be back next month I think it's on mid 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 late next well, month end of next month never... end of next month with our season 4 review which will be 2 episodes but technically 1 hey um Stop saying too much. Sorry. They know what's happening. Yeah, they know. Just, just get on with it, Jamie. Okay. Just end the damn thing. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, we hope you enjoyed listening, guys, and we'll be back soon. Bye. Bye.